Welcome to Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. I am Alan Moore. I'm here in the studio with Ollie Knight. Ollie, are you ready to rock? Yes, I am. Always ready. Super. And Julia's still here with us, our, our newsreader, our beautiful yeah, newsreader. And uh, she's been burning my brain the last little while since I came into the studio. Soaking wet, I might add. So because of you, you did a weather forecast, so of course it's <laughs> raining. Yeah. And you have a question. I do. Actually, before I go, uh, I have this piece of the news that... Uh, ESPN broadcaster Robert Lee will not work the junior season opener because of recent violence in Charlottesville, sparked by the decision to remove a statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee. So, Alan Moore, you're here with us with <laughs> Capsule Sports. What's the story about? Well, I mean, this is something we were going to cover. It, uh, in, we will cover the show later on with Yekaterina okay. Bishkova. <laughs> However, yeah. this is something that he's a Korean-American, born in America, but he's of Korean ancestry. Mm. His name is Robert Lee, same spelling, but not Robert E. Lee. And uh, he was due to uh, be a commentator on the opening game of the season for the University of Virginia on yeah. September 2nd, on Saturday week, uh, against, uh, oh goodness, I think it's one of the teams from Pennsylvania, as far as I remember. Uh, so he... He was due to commentate on that, but because the game is in Charlottesville, that they say he can't go and commentate because there will be protests against him, either by no. neo-Nazis or anti-fascists. <laughs> this is how bad it's getting in America right now. And Yekaterina Bichkova, oh, she was yeah, sending yeah. me messages today going, what on earth's going on? You know, it's, it's crazy. So, I, I mean, believe it. I know. I mean, <laughs> this is your name, yeah. but you're not allowed to work. So, I mean, sure. Ollie Knight, if your name was, I don't know, I mean, Chikatilo, would you be allowed to work in the radio station? Uh, probably not. I don't, I like, that is a really good question. I should ask uh, my boss. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you will be allowed, yeah. yeah. You will. yeah. But it's quite yeah. insane, but this is how bad it is getting in America. And when you have idiots, idiots, there are, well, okay, whatever Donald Trump said is idiots on both sides, there are people who are benefiting from this and causing trouble. And ESPN, the absolutely superb sports uh, network who employed Mr. Lee uh, who pulled him off it's kind of just like they've shot themselves in the foot because you you know sports is meant to be above all of this mm. and yeah. I mean mm. we, we here in Russia uh, many times rightfully so get hit because of the silly fan behaviour and so on and outrageous things that happen say with doping but this is insane in America, so I don't know what's next. It's just embarrassing. Well, probably, but at least we have something to report about. You see. That's true. Yeah. It's always newsworthy. It's yeah. newsworthy, you know, but <laughs> I'd rather good sports. So, but, you know, that's it. So, Julius, thank you. You're going to be back thank on the top you. of the next hour anyway. Absolutely, yeah. Superb. All and right. by so, the way, what's yeah, the weather yeah. like in Dublin? In Dublin? Um, it should be cloudy there. Something cloudy. plus at 14 degrees <laughs> Celsius. I Think. Because I was just saying to Ollie on the way in, because I'm so wet. I just need to look it's, it up. Uh, please, for the next hour, do give us that. Because <laughs> I want to know, I want to be able to tell the people at home, listen, it's really bad over here. Because we had, in one part of Ireland, one month's worth of rain yeah. in half a day. In 12 hours, one month's wow. worth of rain. So they had 30 days of rain in 12 hours. Well, that keeps things green, I believe. Well, we are the Emerald Isle. We're the Green Island. So, sure. you know, I'm not complaining. I am not complaining <laughs> whatsoever. Julia, uh, thank okay. you so right, much. You, you go and relax thank and we'll you. talk to you soon.
Okay. <laughs> so we have an absolutely cracking show on here tonight. We have a superb giveaway. We're going to come up with that a bit later. Ollie has a superb question for that as well. So wherever you are, get ready for the best hour of sports in Russia. Since we last spoke, we've had messages telling us where you listen to us. Julia listens to us when she gets in from work and does a little bit of a workout in her front room. Graham says he sits in the car a little longer on Wednesdays to catch the last bits of the show. Graham, with the way the traffic is tonight, you'll be waiting a lot longer. Uh, Dennis listens while he's out walking, while Sveta, who wrote in that she's in Podmoskovy, she listens when she's in the gym working out. Anna is listening in Ergesu, so hi Anna. Eva is working away and listening, preparing for an AGM, she says. So tonight, we have got a great show. We have a super duper pooper giveaway, and here with me, of course, is Ollie Knight. She's going to give us our question. We have three superb guests going to be coming on the line with us because one of our guests who's meant to be in the studio can't come in. However, he will be here in the second part of the show, albeit on the phone. So, well, now, what's been going on in the world of sports since we've last met? Well, in the Russian Football Premier League, we were treated to the game of the season so far and Capital Sports were there to witness it. On Saturday night, Saturday evening rather, at 5.30 kickoff, Spartak Moscow hosted cross-town rivals Lokomotiv up in the Akriti Arena. Over 30... Thousand fans raised the roof as both teams went at it from the off. Against the run of play, though, Spartak went 2-0 up before, on the stroke of half-time, former local man Alexander Semedov picked up his second yellow card for what really was a dive in the penalty box in front of his own fans. So he got that red card and was off. So down to 10 men and starting the second half, Loco pulled the goal back and then got three more before the, you know, before the, 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 the remainder of the very, very potent Spartak team uh, got one back to make it 4-3. Quincy Promos got that last gasp goal. Afterwards, at the press conference, Spartak's Italian coach Massimo Carrera was lightly grilled by the kind of Spartak-friendly uh, media. Uh, though the real aggression, aggression was safe for Loco's Yuri Semin. He batted away many angry questions with a bit of a, a sort of a laugh and a joke and said that uh, the main thing is that after this game, he'll go for dinner with friends who are both from Loco and Spartak. So, on Friday, I was told that uh, Mas McCray had only two games to save his job. Now there's only one left. They're going to be going to Skaha Baros this weekend. So next Sunday's game, or this Sunday's game, could see Massimo return to Bella Italia unless Spartak win and win big. Alexander Zotov scored the 87th minute to rescue a draw for Dino Moscow, who hosted Ufa out in Himki. Siskeo Moscow went from heaven to hell, or rather Yekaterinburg, where they couldn't follow up the heroics against Spartak and drew nil-nil with Ural. Rumin Kazan hammered Angie 6-0, while Rostov couldn't beat Krasnodar in the Southern El Clasico. Their game ended 0-0. Table topper Zenit struggled but won 1-0 out in Perm, as Alexander Kokorin continued his excellent start to the season with a goal. Uh, he leads the goal scorer's table right now with six. Not often we have a Russian player topping the goal scorer's table, so fair play, Alexander. After seven games, Zenit stayed top. Loco are on their own in second. Rossov third with Siska fourth. Spartak and Dinamo are 10th and 11th respectively, so we have to boost up those Moscow clubs. Over in Blighty, the English Premier League troop, no surprises. Manchester United continued their strong start with a crushing 4-0 win at Swansea. Liverpool defied Paul Little's prediction last week on our show, and they won 1-0 at home to Crystal Palace. Spurs welcomed Chelsea to Wembley and lost 2-1, while on Monday Man City drew 1-1 against Everton. And that man who today announces international retirement, Wayne Rooney, he scored his 200th Premier League goal. So, top, uh, Ollie, you remember I asked you the question last week about the, the toffees. What, why are they called the toffees? 
what do I call the toffees? Oh, no, no. We said that Everton, their nickname is the Toffee Men or the Toffees. And I asked you, do you know why? Oh, yeah. Okay. And I don't remember why now. <laughs> okay. Well, I, okay. Well, just to recap on the stuff. So they're called, their nickname is the Toffees. And yeah. the reason is because right beside the old ground was a toffee shop. So people going there oh, used to get okay. them. And there is a certain sweet. It's kind of like a hard sweet, like caramel, we call it in Russian. Oh, no. I know what toffees are. Yeah. I love toffees. Oh, yeah. and, oh, okay. And I, well, just to let everyone really know, <laughs> I get for a pack of Haribo after our discussion last week. So, okay. Next week, you can bring me toffees. I wouldn't mind. Next week, toffees. But there is actually a type of toffee called Everton top, toffees. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of a little bit minty. So they're quite nice. So, so nice. there you go. So they're called a toffee man because of a toffee shop. Yeah. So uh, moving on. Uh, we uh, with, the, with the English Premier League now starting to move along. And we are looking right now. Okay, we're looking right now at uh, the... I'm just looking right now. So the English Premier League is moving on. And of course, Europe is kicking off as well. So last week, there was a bit of an incident with Everton in terms of um, bad behaviour by Hajduk uh, split fans. Uh, you know, it, it was kind of a bit nasty what was going on. However, it seems to have like um, calmed down a little bit. So sticking uh, still with football for a sticky toffee, uh, a little bit of Russian interest for us over in Blighty. You say Blighty, I just say England. So we all know that Leonis Slutsky, formerly of Siska and Russia, he holds the reins at championship side Hull City. Now at his disposal, he has seasoned internationals like Ireland's David Myler, Uruguay's Abel Hernandez, Sebastian Larsson of Sweden, and Scott Allen McGregor, who's their goalkeeper. And that's just four of really top players that they have at like in the side. They did a very good pre-season with two wins and two draws in five games, including a win over Benfica and a draw with Ajax Amsterdam. Now we reported on the season opening draw with Aston Villa and uh, though since then it's been a bit tougher. With the club in all sorts of chaos off the field, uh, Lena's boys built on that opening draw with a 4-1 win over Burton Albion. Since then they've lost two in a row, well actually they lost three in a row including last night's game and uh, especially a loss in injury time against QPR where they saw two players go off injured. One player seemingly refused to play as he's being sold and still they only lost 2-1. So last night, they crashed out the English Football League Cup, 2-0 at Doncaster Rovers. And with a tough league game to come at home on Friday against uh, Bolton Wanderers, Leonard's English odyssey may well be over before it starts. To tell us more about this, we go right away to Humberside. And we're very fortunate to have the deputy editor of the Daily Mirror and Hull City aficionado, Paul Cochran. Paul, how are you doing? Hi, uh, thanks for uh, inviting me. Yes, and you're very welcome. Thank you. And look, how is the weather over there with you? Um, it's actually not too bad today. We've had a bit of rain, but uh, it's cleared up. Oh, well, you see, we're we're getting drenched. We're getting like a week's worth of rain in like a few hours. It's terrible, Paul. We've, we've had a bit of that in, in uh, Britain today, but um, I'm okay at the moment. Okay, you're lucky. So listen, we'll, we'll, we'll move along. And again, thank you so much for, for coming on with tonight. So listen, another loss for Leedland last night uh, against Doncaster. Is he under serious threat of losing his job? Um, in a word, no. Basically, as you uh, just said in your intro, the uh, club is in a bit of a topsy-turvy state. It is an up-and-down club anyway in recent years. Over the last 10 years, we've, we've gone from the bottom division to the Premier League, and then we've dropped from the Premier League to the Championship, back up again, down again. So it kind of fluctuations are expected at Hull City. We're not quite big enough to be a... Manchester United or um, Arsenal, but um, we are a good championship side. So um, I think people will give him this season to see 
how well he gets on. The main reason why I think he's not under pressure is because his personality has really captured people's imagination. He's a very honest, open man. The players say that in all their interviews, that he's infectious. Um, uh, he's always got a smile on his face. Um, he's enthusiastic um, to make it work in England. With the media, he's very honest. So he, he asks, he's on, he, when he's asked a question, he gives a straight answer, which doesn't often happen with uh, English football. It's full of people who are giving you a, um, a false impression of what's happening. But he's very honest. He said he wants these players, that things aren't going right for him, and people respect that. Um, I, I've met him just once um, at the Benfica game that you mentioned. And yeah. He came out after the game. He met all the whole City fans that had made the trip to Portugal, posed for pictures, chatted as long as as long as anyone wanted. So people do respect him on a personal level for his honesty and his experience, and they hope and trust that he's the best man for the job. I mean, Paul, that, that that's that's brilliant to hear because I mean that's that's the, the the guy I know as well. That he's just a very very straightforward, decent person who has time for everybody. You know, he never he never kind of like gives a. A sort of a, a pre-packaged answer, but Paul, could that be his undoing overall? Um, that is possible in that um, English football isn't used to people being very honest, and the current owners of Hull City are used to people keeping keep uh, playing the kind of corporate game and, and not rocking the boat. He's been very honest and said he wants these extra players. Uh, the previous owners fell out with Steve Bruce, the manager, uh, a long, long-serving manager over transfers, and it is possible that um, that the owners will not want to give him six players, and, and that might be a cause of friction in the boardroom. But certainly the fans, they really enjoy him being there. Um, there's lots of songs and chants uh, in praise of him. Even last night in the cup game, which we lost, he had to put out a, a very weak and reserve side but lots of fans turned up 2,500 travelling fans went to the game and they were singing non-stop in praise of the manager and the players and you know you couldn't ask really for, for more support from the fans I mean that's that that's something that that's great to hear because I mean you know the, like the, the next question I want to ask you is that um, you know like the, like Hull have been hit badly with injuries and players moving and you know not enough kind of like guys coming in so is that the main reason uh, that they are struggling at the moment? It's just that kind of like instability, you know, um, kind of off the field in terms of transfers. Is that the main reason why they're not you know pushing higher up the table? That's exactly right. So um, what's happened is. Um, Leicester, the former Premier League champions, have taken two, two of Hull City's best players. Liverpool have signed one of the defenders and he was their man of the match at the weekend. Um, Swansea have just signed our midfield. There's a couple of other players have gone to other championship sides. So half the team that were in the, in the Premier League last season have already been sold earlier on in the transfer window and it looks like Hull City want to do their deals towards the end of the transfer window. Um, so what it's meant was he's lost his, he's lost or already lost half his squad early on, and he's going to have to wait until the, the transfer window finishes to to get three or four more replacements. So next month and the month, month after, when he's got those players in and they've bedded in and he's built a team in his own image, I think we'll start to see the real uh, Slutsky team, and I, I think the fans 
we'll stick with him, even if it's a mid-table um, season, really, and, and hope he does it the season after. I mean, that, that, that's good to hear because, I mean, you know yourself. I mean, uh, you know, Alex Ferguson was within, you know, a kick of a ball of being sacked until they, you know, they, they went through, I think, the, the FA Cup semi-final against Forrest many, many, many years ago. And then the revolution continued and he built a super club. Um, Paul, just, I mean, I know I'm, I'm, I'm kind of leading you along with this. Uh, like with Hull, with uh, the Alam people involved and so on, uh, Will things remain very unstable behind the scenes? Is it, I, I mentioned to you about like this, the damned city, like the damned Leeds United, Furley in it. Um, will it remain unstable behind the scenes so long as they remain in charge of the club? I think it will, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he can't have success on the pitch. I think the, the Alams, um, however you view their ownership of the club, and it certainly seems like they're selling a lot of the players, while the market is high now, and bringing in cheaper players, younger players, who, who may be worth that money in a few years, whatever you think of their off-the-field management, they usually let the, the managers get on with the business on the field. And um, Steve Bruce, the three um, manager um, a few years ago, and last season's manager, Marco Silva, were definitely given the, um, the space and the, the opportunity to... Um, to uh, build a team and I don't think Marco Silva or Steve Bruce can have any arguments that, you you know, that there was any interference or that the off-field problems between the fans and the owners had any any bearing on their success or failure. I think that um, the club is trying to get money in and the owners are trying to look to possibly sell to um, another interested buyer, but mm-hmm. um, we'll have to see how that develops. But I, I, I don't think I don't think Futsky will will take take that as a an excuse if, if things don't go well. Well, listen. I mean, that, that that's great to hear, Paul. I mean, you know, just just before before we go, because uh, you know, we're afraid now the rain's going to come to the roofs here because we hear smacking down on the roof ahead of us. Um, for the rest of the season, what do you reckon? Will they end up a mid-table side this year? Is that what's going to happen for for Leonard once he gets those players in and David Myler keeps driving the boys forward? Um, it's really hard to predict, and I don't really want to stick my neck out and, and the uh, prediction falls flat. The championship is notoriously very difficult to predict and, and people win one and then lose one. Um, Hull City have beaten a good side this season and they've lost to a good side this season and from one week to the next we we have confidence that we'll be near the top and then the next week um, we're not so sure and we might be down the other end of it the uh, table. The next week will be crucial with the transfer window, and um, but I, I do think we'll be nearer the top than the bottom. I'll 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 go that far. Well, listen, that is putting your neck in the line for us. Listen, Paul Cockerton, thank okay. you so so much. Listen, you'll come back on to us in about a month to let us know how Leading is getting on. My pleasure. Okay. That's brilliant. Listen, have a great evening. Thank you so much, and stay dry over there. You as well. All right. Okay, so that was Paul Cochran, who is the deputy editor of the Daily Mirror in the UK. That was a, a, a brilliant piece, and I know that there's a lot of CSK Moscow fans who are watching what Hull are doing. So, guys, remember that the fans in Hull are backing him as much as you guys backed him here in Moscow. So, we're keeping the 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 the, you know, the, the, the pride going. So, we have one minute before we go to a break. So, we're going to have to give you the question. So. 
for the prize. We have four VIP tickets for uh, this Saturday's game, which kicks off at 8 o'clock out in, in the Ergede Arena between Lokomotiv Moscow and Uralia Katerinburg. So it's a crack. This is a real, real top match for Lokomotiv. Not just four VIP tickets for the VIP lounge. You have a chance to meet Ari. You have a chance to meet us because we'll be doing a show out there as well. And you'll be fed and watered. So... Ollie Knight has supplied me with an absolutely brilliant question. And this is a football question, not rugby, not ice hockey, nothing else. So, Ollie, what is our question? Our question is, um, which country won the most World Cups and ever? She, ever. <laughs> and she's speaking like an Irish person who won the won. most. Won. Oh, that's beautiful. Ollie, you're the best. Well, so, <laughs> maybe I'm just picking it up from you. There you go. So, so, so uh, last week they made fun of me because of my Irish accent. Said Paul Little was, has a nicer accent. Now she's copying me. Okay, so, guys... Get texting in, get messaging us, get us on Viber. Plus seven, nine two five, one 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 zero five three. Which country has won the most football World Cups? We'll be back after the break. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Moscow's hit music station. Capital FM. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. We're right back and you're with us here on this rainy night in beautiful, beautiful Moscow. We had Paul Cocker on the line there who was telling us about how Linus Slutsky, our Russian trainer, the first ever Russian trainer to manage in England, is getting on in championship with Hull City. So fingers crossed for Linus. So, right, a quick update on our Yekaterina. As we speak, she is over stateside in New York City having the crack. Never fear, though, for those missing her wonderful dulcet tones we'll give her a shout a little bit later on before we um, get on to our next phone guest we will finish our sports roundup uh, so uh, in Spain the Vuelta España the cycling tour the cycling's third and last grand tour of the season it's well underway and ominously Tour de France winner Chris Froome a good friend of Andrew Farmer a friend of our show he has slipped into the leader's red jersey and put on another 8 seconds today he leads second place by, he is ahead by 10 seconds of second place Russian interest is represented by four riders Sergei Chernitsky of Team Astana he pulled out sadly today uh, the Katusha Alpetsin, that's Alpetsin who do the uh, hair like shampoo and stuff. Uh, they have three, the three remaining Russian riders, Ilnur Zakharin, Maxim Belkov, and Moscow's very own superstar of the future, Maxim Mamikin. So, respectively, they are Zakharin's in 13th place after five stages. Mamikin is 69th, and Belkov is in 189. So, he's struggling a wee bit, but the best is yet to come from these guys. So, Ilnur Zakharin, who was a, a bursting star across the sky of cycling, he's having a good go of it. Ireland's Nicholas Roach is not doing too, uh, not doing too bad. Not doing too bad right now as well. He is all the way up in fourth place. He's with BMC Racing Team. So, this Friday, it's going to all become clear who our Russian teams, Spartak and Lokomotiv Moscow, will play in the Europe, uh, Champions and Europa League groups. Uh, because they, of course, have qualified automatically. However, they might yet be joined by three more of our lot. In the Europa League playoffs tomorrow night, Zenit will look to overturn a 1-0 deficit against Holland's Utrecht. Kickoff is at 8pm. Now, Ivan Zidkov last week told us that Zenit have a good chance, and once they get home, that they will turn it around. So... You know, let's, let, let's, let's uh, hope that that happens. In Serbia and Belgrade, Krasnodar take a 3-2 lead to their match with Red Star 
and that starts at 10 o'clock our time here in Moscow. That's going to be a tough one because, remember, now Red Star have two goals that count uh, double. So, uh, in the Champions League qualifier playoff, CSKA Moscow, they want to punish some young boys from Switzerland again. And that's tonight, kicking off at 9.45. The match is in the VB Arena. And uh, the home side have that single goal from the first leg to in Bern to cling to. Now, we're going to have a chat about this uh, with uh, a very, very good friend of our show and a very, very special guest. Before we do, I just want to ask that question again. And remember, send in your answers to plus seven ninety five one 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 zero five three. Which country has won the most football World Cups? This is very, very important. A couple of other little things that are on tonight as well. In the other Champions League uh, playoff games, Liverpool are leading 2-1 in aggregate against TSG Hoffenheim. That is kicking off tonight again at uh, 9.45. Uh, Copenhagen are playing Karabag. That is 1-0 to Karabag after the first leg, but now it's in Denmark, so second leg in Denmark. Tonight again, 9.45 kickoff. Slavia Praga playing against Apoel Nicosia. So the Cypriots are leading 2-0, so it's going to be tough for Slavia to turn that over. And finally... Um, uh, Stoyu Bucharest of Romania, of course, are nil-nil in their second leg, and they're playing Sporting from Portugal. So that's going to be a really, really it's going to be a cracker of a game. But the best one to watch was going to be CSKA and CS. Oh, Ollie's just make it okay. We're okay, so we're good to go. Cool. So against CSKA and uh, Young Boys of Bern. So, and here to discuss this and much, much more with us tonight, we are both honoured and happy to have not in the studio because of this darn rain. We have the CEO of the All Russia Football Players Union, Alexander Zotov. Welcome, Alexander. How are you this evening? Well, I'm live from Noah's Ark. I, I, I found Noah, and he was sailing on one of the prospects of Moscow, and I'm, I'm here, uh, you know, looking at this wonderful big ship and, and you know, feeling safe now after, well, after the big storm. Just, just, <laughs> just as you're saying that, um, I was, I was uh, you know, as I, was, as I was on my way to the studio, I was just telling Ollie that, like, I saw, you know, animals pairing up two by two. So probably they were heading for the Ark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's either Jumanji or it's Noah's Ark. It has to be either either thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, you're well off at home, and listen, I, I'm I'm sorry you can't be with us, but will you join us next week? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm ready to join you any week, but uh, I'm sorry for today, but it was really really scary driving. I, I was halfway almost to the studio, but oh. I decided that it's 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 uh, it's safer to go head back home you know because it's, it was raining heavily well, listen you can sit down you can have a cup of tea and have a chat because we've got lots of questions for you and we're going Great. to keep you up Ollie has said Alan let's extend the time with Alexander so we have a very very good chat so we can thank <laughs> Ollie for the next well, she has a very wonderful voice I mean I'm, I'm really sad I'm not there well listen she'll be here next week Ollie you'll be here next week with me <laughs> yeah of course yeah, every she's, week she's, even, uh, she's okay. even better in person oh, okay. you know, then so. I'm every week also there <laughs> and she's, she's gone red now you'll, she's you'll see me blush in person Person, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, okay, she goes okay. red so easy. <laughs> um, okay, so while Ollie tucks into some Haribo candies, we have we have a chat to, to, to Haribo do. Haribo so. candies, okay. Yeah. They are the, the bears or the worms? No, they are. What are they? They are the fizzy sour. What are they, Ollie? Or they, uh, they, the colas? Co- no? Yeah, Coke bottles and uh, okay. cherries. <laughs> and it's, gummies. It's, a, it's a sour mix, right. like. Um. Okay. With, so okay, okay. Away from Haribo. <laughs> so Alexander, first things first. Yeah. CSKA tonight. Are they going to? hang on and will we see them in the group stages Friday? 
are you sure that they're going to play? Well, I mean, that is under question. I actually, I didn't think of that until you said it. Yeah, I mean, oh God, I mean, we have no, to. No, have... No, I think no. I'm, I'm sure that it's, it's a modern stadium and, and everything is going to be okay with, uh, with the water and everything. I hope some decent crowd turns out also because it's, uh, it's, it's, it's sad that not a lot of people go to the, the stadium. But I hope that tonight, maybe even though there's there was rain, but it's not that heavy now. I mean, I hope people come. I mean that that is the issue we 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 discussed it last week here on the show and mm-hmm. and before I mean it's it's attendances and we're always here on the show giving people details and like go out and buy tickets get them online go to the stadium and I mean the VB Arena it is a lovely spot and I mean this is Champions League football so I mean I do yeah. know some guys I I know like you know them as well you've met them some of the uh, GAA players they're going tonight to watch the game so they'll go hail rain or shine that's not a problem for them mm-hmm. but you know it mm-hmm. is important with the World Cup less than 12 months away that we get people into our stadiums because this is very important for the country. Yeah, but I, I don't see any problem with that criteria. And yeah, where, where Spartak plays, then people do come there and for, for the games and for the concerts and everything. I think there's some, I heard that there's some pricing issue with Seska, but maybe that they look at it and, and maybe adjust the prices to the, for the ticket. Somehow that that they attract more people, maybe maybe that's the issue. I don't know. I mean, I mean that that is something that like you know I I was uh, speaking with some guys on a podcast today on football grad uh, with Manuel and, and Tim, and one of the things that I, I have noticed is that the the ticket prices there and Spartak as well are substantially higher, but. Um, than, than say Lokomotiv or Dinama or you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or, or Ararat. Uh, however. Um, Looking at it as well, is it an issue maybe of access because it is a bit of a hike from the nearest metro station? That too, yeah, I think that's that, that's also another issue. That's the, because Spartak, for example, or Loco, even more closer, and uh, Luzhniki is also very close to the metro station, and and that's that's a big problem for TSK because they don't have one. Well, I mean, right next to them, there's not that far. There's one not that far, but still, you have to walk from there. Yeah, it is a bit, a bit of a hike. Um, so, uh, just well, one follow up on this. So, um, are we going to see five Russian sides in the group stages, or you know, just two? On well, Friday? we have already two. Yeah, right. And one uh, Spartak in the Champions League, where Loco is in the Euro, 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 Europa League, and then well, Tesca. I think they don't. They they shouldn't. I mean, if they don't create problems for themselves, they should go into the next stage uh, and, um, I mean beat young boys today and uh, you know there shouldn't be a problem I think after the victory in, uh, in Switzerland uh, one nothing it, sh- it shouldn't be a big problem as for uh, the other clubs Zenit is playing Utrecht mm-hmm. and they well even though they lost in Utrecht and uh, one nothing I don't think uh, I'm. I'm more worried for Krasnodar, who won actually, but they won at home against Cervenas Zvezda, mm-hmm. uh, Belgrade, three-two, I think. And and and, but I'm I'm more worried about them because they uh, they will be playing in Belgrade. Yeah. And there's a huge crowd, always there's a huge turnout, and the crowd is crazy in Serbia, and uh, they're really passionate about football, and even sometimes. Very, very passionate, overpassionate. <laughs> yeah, I've seen <laughs> but, that. <laughs> but they will be cheering their 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 team to win. Three two is not a very good score. So, uh, so I don't know about Krasnodar, but I hope they do they do pass through. But that's the only team I'm worried about. I think because Zenit should go. Uh, they should be the Utrecht and uh, Wales. 
We, well, we got, yeah, I mean, we got like Zenit Krasnodar and Siska in the in the in the playoffs. So I mean, and Siska, yeah. So yeah. so yeah, yeah. And Siska, we discussed. But I, if they don't create problems for themselves, they should pass too. Well, so it's either four or five, but five. The fifth one is Krasnodar, and and, and I and I hope they do pass, but we'll see. We'll have to watch that tonight. Though. We'll keep an eye yeah. on that score later on. That's tomorrow. Um, Oh, tomorrow. That's right. Sorry, yes, tomorrow night. It's yeah. after the the Zenit game. Um, Alexander, we just there's there's a there's an article coming out on Russian football news about uh, Jan and Villa, the uh, French yeah. international player who's down in Rubin. Now, just so I preface this, because you head uh, the All Russian Footballers Players Union, and you know we've discussed this before, where you're like you're fighting for Russia, for players' rights and you're helping and so on and so forth and educating and not just that you're working also with the World Cup project and you know, kind of reaching out to the fans and saying, look, come on, let's like make a family atmosphere and so on and so forth. However, mm-hmm. um, there are still issues with players here. So Jan and Villa, who had, of course, played with uh, Sunderland and Inter Milan and yeah. Rennes and so many cups for France as well. And he's now with Rubin. Now, just uh, can you give us a bit of background on that situation? Um, and, uh, you know, kind of ha- where it is right now? Because, and I'll just, just, just so you know, that we have asked... Uh, there's a there is another of course we know we discussed it before uh, another uh, union of footballers and trainers that we've asked here in Russia and we've asked them and also FIFPRO who are the global governing body for footballer uh, footballers unions or like trade unions we've asked this come, come on tonight with us in the show and they didn't have anyone available um, and they said well just you know speak with uh, Alexander because you were dealing with a person so what is the deal with Jan and Vila and you know what's going to happen with it because it is quite concerning. Well, uh, a few years ago, he was uh, he was all, all, also in Rubin, and he was in Rubin Kazan, and he was uh, uh, there was interest from Dynamo Moscow that he moves uh, to that club, and basically there was uh, also a preliminary contract, as I understand, signed between the the, the clubs between Dynamo and Rubin, and. At the at the moment he was about to move, and he was already training with Dynamo, and he was already living in an apartment that was rented by Dynamo in Moscow. Uh, uh, the management of Dynamo changed. Uh, I mean, it didn't change their emotions, but they, they changed totally. I mean, <laughs> of course, they, they were, they, well, ones were fired and the others came in, and the, the new ones didn't. They didn't want this deal to go through. And basically, they said, uh, "Young, we are sorry, but bye bye." <laughs> they let him go. But hold so on, they already had back. they already had the contract signed. A with preliminary him. preliminary contract. What I don't know what that means because actually I didn't see this contract. But uh, actually, there's no such thing in in our uh, regulations as preliminary contracts. There's a, either a labor contract or there's not one. But I understand oh. there was one because after after uh, Young went back to. Rubin, he was rented out or loaned out to Thunderland, as you mentioned. Yeah. At the same time, he filed a, uh, a case against the uh, actions of Dynamo to the National Dispute Resolution Chamber. That's the court of law for football in Russia, and it's very similar system as anywhere in uh, football or soccer world around the world. And uh, he won, and uh, the uh, dispute resolution chamber uh, said that uh, Dynamo has to pay a certain amount of money towards the player for breaching contract. So, and basically, 
and they created every time Dynamo created every time a situation not to pay to, to extend this time limit when they have to pay this this money uh, that they have to uh, under this decision. So and last uh, last week, unfortunately, they they created a new. I think it's already a third or fourth management of Dynamo since since this conflict began, and they created a new situation when uh, the owners of Dynamo. Uh, they filed a case against the previous management of Dynamo, uh, and uh, they want to. And they, through this, they, they they send these papers to the NDRC, to the Dispute Resolution Chamber, and they ask the NDRC to uh, suspend the ban on registering new players, which was imposed on Dynamo for not paying the players. So this was, this was a legal ban by the the. Dispute. It's legal. It's also normal practice around the world. I mean, yes, of course. The, the, it's, it's, it's like to push the club to pay the player. The, the, you, you have this ban, and then once you pay, it's lifted. So it's, it's a normal procedure. But they didn't want to pay the player, but they wanted the ban to be lifted. So and they, so this, they created the situation. So they filed a case against their previous management, and they came to the, with this paper that they filed this case. Uh, but there was no action taken by any police or anybody. But still, they brought this paper, and and the unfortunately the NDRC voted that this ban is lifted. So it's uh, it was against against the player. And once you mentioned FIFPRO and uh, the other union, well, FIFPRO is a good, I mean, it's it's worldwide uh, international union of unions of, of football players. And it's an organization that does a lot for uh, for players' rights. Uh, now they're really looking into women's football. So it's, they're doing a lot. But unfortunately, in Russia, they're doing nothing. They have... Uh, Given everything to uh, to two guys who you know use this name and this brand of Fifth Pro in their own interest, they're two agents and they are uh, you know acting against players in many cases. With Jan Villa, which I, I hope this will become an international scandal, was actually the lawyers of these agents who are Fifth Pro union members. So I mean, no, Ali, Ali I mean that, that just to, does, to that doesn't sound right in any case. That's like a vested they, they interest. Came, no, they know. were in, in they were in the uh, the court of law and uh, is in the RC chamber against the player for the club. Listen, okay, they, they Alexander, were authorized we're... power of attorney. Yes, I'm sorry if, if you have to go for commercial. <laughs> no, 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 we, no we're going. We, we, look, we, we're we're going to get you into suit next week because this okay. needs a bit more discussion, and we're yeah, going to have yeah, a chat a because yeah. this, this. And as I said, tomorrow uh, coming out on Russian Football News, uh, RussianFootballNews.com, there will be a story on this. So, I mean, this is something that people read up about it because it really is unfair. Like you know that 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 this has to happen. But it listen, Alexander, and it's unfortunate. Yeah. Listen, keep fighting the good fight, and we'll speak with you here in the studio. Next next week. Okay. okay, thanks for having me. Thanks, Alexander. Okay, so before we go to uh, a little short break, that question again, Ollie Knight, what is the question, please? Um, it is, oh, sorry. <laughs> it was your <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? Uh, which country won the most World Cups? The most Football World Cups. Okay, so we already have some answers in already. Everyone is right so far. No one has mentioned Ireland because we haven't won the World Cup. But anyway, get mentioning, or get sending in your answers to plus seven nine two five one 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 zero five three. Uh, back after this. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Capital FM. Icon Club presents Capital Dance Floor. DJ Miller. DJ Hyper. DJ Little M. Eat, sleep, grave, repeat. 
Capital Dance Floor every Friday at 9 p.m. on Capital FM Moscow. We speak English. We play a hit. Capital FM. My whole life just to feel like Now all these feelings never let me down A thousand places everywhere I go I feel the heart beating And even far this is my home Oh, it never let me go with us here in the studio on Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. We are the number one English language station in mainland Europe. Ollie, this yes, is a great are. show tonight. It is. I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> We're having great Same fun. Same as every other show 
uh, yeah. Capital Sports Show. I mean, we're flying through things tonight. We've had two amazing callers. We've had Paul Cockerton calling all the way from the sunny UK, which is strange. Well, overcast, <laughs> he said. And we've had Alexander Zotov calling us from soaking, soaking wet Moscow. He should have been here tonight, but, well, I mean, as he said, he saw an we'll arc setting in the road. studio He'll be again. in next week. He'll yeah. be here, so it'll be very good. So, uh, so uh, Ollie, I meant to ask you, how is your training going? Have you been in the gym recently? Yes, I have. I was today, actually, and it is going great because I slowly am getting to my goal, which is to lose some weight. <laughs> what weight have sounds. you got to lose, lady? Oh, no. Okay, well, I need to tone up. It's not that I need to lose uh, a lot of weight, but I just have a goal and I need to get to that goal. <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes here and she's looking oh, at me going, please. no, Alan, please. Listen, please. Ollie, I spent 20 years of my life on diets, on starving myself. When people here Diets go, don't work, though. No, you're right. And you know what? The weird thing is people say like here, oh, let's go to the banya or the sauna. Mm-hmm. I'm going, I start to get like shakes. I start to think, I get these <laughs> oh, like, fla- no, no, I got these like movies about guys who are in war, Vietnam, and yeah. they, they get this like, post-traumatic stress disorder I'm not I'm not, I'm not equivocating mine yeah, yeah. My, my kind of like stress stuff but I imagine this mm-hmm. so I'm 18 years old I have to lose about a kilo yeah. to make the weight and because I'm thinking oh my god I have to lose a kilo so okay well I'll skip it off so I skip and I, I lose around 500 grams yeah. so half a kilo I'm thinking so it's a pound so I'm thinking uh-huh. okay I need to do more so I run but it's still not coming off so I go in to the sauna in my full like t-shirt, jeans, and a tracksuit over it, plus a rubber suit on top Whoa. of that, and start skipping in the sauna. Now I'm nearly passing out. I'm Ali. I swear to God, I'm dying. I'm, I'm so I'm walking out. I'm dizzy. They help me onto the scales. I'm skinning almost 51 kilos. You know, I came down from 52 to 51 that on the day. That is tiny. Exactly. And I mean, I was pretty much the same height I am yeah. now. So it was like, you know, it was silly. But anyway, I get in the scales, and then the, the guy just looks at it and goes. Oh, sorry, we were weighing you wrong. I was 49 kilos. Oh. I lost three kilos on the day. Just insanity. And what What was it for? Was it Boxing. It was, oh, yeah, it was I an international see. tour. So you needed to fit into some kind of category, exactly, the weight category. Exactly. I see. Okay. Well, it's good that you didn't faint or anything, that you didn't um, do any damage to your heart or anything exactly, like that. But that's because it. it is very, you know, that's you have exactly to be really it. careful with your health. That's all, I, right. that's all I can say. And I'm reading a book at the moment about intuitive eating, oh. where you don't say no to food, but you kind of feel and try to understand exactly what you want to eat and what your body needs at the moment. So when I finish it, I'll definitely let you know whether you know whether it's working. Well, my body says like yes to Haribo, says yes to chocolate. <laughs> donuts, <laughs> yes. 3am, <Donuts>. doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> we were in Ulianos, one of my, my, uh, our teammates, Tom, he was like, um, three in the morning, we're coming home mm-hmm. and we have, we have to play a game the next morning at 9.30. Yeah. Like, you know, a mixed game against Olympic athletes. And he turned around and goes, should we order a pizza? <laughs> <laughs> it's three in the morning, Tom. We can't order a pizza. So, but anyway, we didn't. We went well, to bed and played the next day. Good for you. That's good for you. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. So, um, just a quick shout to John Down. He's on the way to CSK. He said, tell Alexander I'm on the way. So, he's getting rained on, but he's going to the game. So, uh, quick update on Gaelic football, because I know people have been asking us what's happening when are we starting again. So, last week, the Moscow Shamrocks, we restarted our uh, season. Uh, both ladies and men's teams. Um, this week we're training out in the Sapsan Arena in Chikizu. That's at Lokomotiv. So there's two stations there. There's Lokomotiv on the pink circle line, the new one, uh, the Moscow circle line, and also at the red line, uh, of course, is Chikizu. So uh, people will join us. You're welcome to try your hand at Gaelic football. You can get more information on moscowshamrocks.com or just turn up at 10.30 at the local sport uh, venue this Sunday. And you can... St- 
first start playing a sport which was officially recorded in the year 1308. Imagine that. Ollie, 1308, this Gaelic football, Irish football was first played. I can't... I can't believe it It was uh, that late that people came up with that sport, to be honest. <laughs> because I feel like that's something that should have happened way before that. Oh, I mean, it probably did. It was only first recorded okay. by uh, monks, okay. as far enough. as I remember. <laughs> so, uh, as always, I urge you all to get out and support our local teams. The match in Chikizovo kicks off at uh, 8 o'clock uh, this weekend. Tickets can be bought online at tickets.fclm.ru and for a seat on the halfway line, the prime position, it will set you back a mere 700 rubles. So if you don't get your VIP tickets, of course, the question is who has won the most football World Cups? So uh, you get texting into us on plus 795-1111-053. You have another, ooh, about five minutes to go until we close the quiz. Okay, so uh, also in uh, Moscow this week, we have Dinamo. Oh, sorry, we don't have Dinamo there away, of course. They're sunning themselves in Krasnodar. And, of course, Spartak are out in the Far East trying to save Massimo Carrera's job. Hopefully they will. So it's CSKA Moscow who hopefully will get through against Young Boys tonight. They're going to give us another game to enjoy in our nation's capital. That match with Ahmad Grozny kicks off at 5.30 on Sunday. You can buy tickets online at ticket.pfc. Um, dash cska.com and look tickets start at 400 rubles so go ahead and give our boys some support right away we are going to the windy apple the big smoke in new york city yekaterina bichkova how are you lady hello alan i'm perfect for <laughs> you're always perfect yes. so all Absol- you- absolutely enjoying my my place at the moment. Oh, listen! Enjoying all, 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 all the things and the stuff around. No, it's it's nice. New York is a beautiful city. I mean, this is the first time. Great. This is the first time you'll actually get to enjoy New York City and not just going from exactly. hotel to tennis courts. Exactly. No, actually, now you you, you caught me at the US Open Stadium because we came with my friend here just to uh, remember, just something to remember. Yeah, I met a lot of like old colleagues and friends and the guys who help us like, you know, with the at the press launches and uh, with the accreditations and it's just like, you know, like back 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 to previous, like back to past, but still nice. But except this, we really we we did, we do all the stuff around New York, like enjoying our um, museums. Uh-huh. Central Park where I've never been can you imagine ten years? You've never, never been, been to Central, Central Park. Park. Oh no! Just oh. like that's how sport. <laughs> that's what it is. Travel around the world. No, hold on, listen. Yeah, don't, don't, don't you say sports people because, like, <laughs> I didn't when I was traveling with teams and playing professional. I, I did take the time, but you see, you tennis players, you like, you want to get your nails done, your hair done. You want to look beautiful when you go on court. Am I right? Uh, yeah, well, probably yes, but also it takes time. You know how it works, like with the practice and, you know, with like, you need to practice twice, you need to eat in between, you need to get some rest, and it's just like this normal routine, which is like, sounds sounds nice, but it just it takes time, and it's actually very, uh, like, you get tired. Of course. And you just really don't want to, you want, you, you want to visit something but when you when you actually when you lose after the loss you just the only thing you want to do is to buy tickets for the first plane which is next goes to your hometown uh-huh. and disappear from from the place where you are <laughs> well so that, 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 yeah, that's understandable that's what I'm saying. so listen tell me is there any uh, or are there any interesting sports stories over there 
Oh, well, uh, yes, it's US Open and this interesting story in Charlottesville, which takes place. Ah, you yes, know? we were speaking about surprised. that. Yes, yes. Okay, tell listen. Yeah, what, yeah. what what's going on in the US media? What what are they? What how are they reporting? Because we're only seeing kind of like little small reports here. What's what are they saying over in the US? Yeah, but what I checked and read actually uh, on uh, their sites and uh, watched some uh, news. Uh, of course, the people are like shocked and stunned. Nor like normal people, they are like surprised. They don't understand what's going on, and it's just a really weird situation, especially with the place. It's a small student place. Actually, I even played the tournament there, and I won it fifty thousand many years no ago. No way it's in Virginia. Very quiet. Yes, it's just like Charlottesville. It was not juniors. It was fifty thousand, like challengers. Wow! And it's very, yeah, it's very small and uh, uh, like this college place, you know. And it's just like I, I actually, for me, I, I cannot still believe that it happens there. This is like so, so weird, so stupid. And they, they have a lot of talk shows now about this and trying to figure out who is like, what is the reason. Uh, who is guilty, you know, and blah, blah, blah. But still, it's just like, it is what it is, and this is disgusting. I mean, that's just like the most ridiculous thing I've, I've heard in, in like, past time, and we live in Russia. <laughs> exactly. Listen, I mean, I mean, that, this is this is interesting. The Russian perspective. I mean, I mean, you're you're there talking with like, uh, say, other Russians and so on, and uh, like, you know, you're you're traveling with uh, Anna Chakvatadze. Is that right? Yes, we are both here. Yes, everyone is asking why are we here. I was working, you know, because we are, no, 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 it's just like vacation. Okay. We're just enjoying our time. <laughs> well, listen. No I mean, work, no work for us. <laughs> from, from the people <laughs> Not you're anymore. Oh, well, that's good for you. Well, you're back here next week working with us, so don't you forget that. So, um, what, like, you know, with this, like, the people you're speaking with, the, the Russians were over there and Anna and so on, what, what are they making of this whole Robert Lee thing like that? He can't, because of his name, he can't go and commentate on a football match. I mean, do they think it's insane or what are they thinking about it? Yeah, it is. No, this is, it, it is insane. This is obviously insane. It's just like, even for me, when I first uh, when I realized and then I first heard this news, I was like, what? And then, okay, probably not for radio, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. No, you don't, need, you don't need to say, Andrew, <laughs> we understand. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Are they serious or what? Because it's just like, it just couldn't happen. But here in New York, they did like, you know, it's a little bit different. It's like Moscow is not Russian, New York is not uh, United States of America. Yeah. And uh, Charlottesville is like typical uh, state, you know, when you travel around the U.S., uh-huh. you can understand what is the difference. Because uh, New York is a huge city, they don't care, you know, the news are disappearing. It's like Twitter, you know, uh, when it disappears. And yeah, they discuss, of course, and it's like... It's it's a big problem now, but it's still uh, you don't feel uh, the same. Like I, I think uh, you could feel with the people talk with the people around like Charlottesville or around like this uh, state of uh, United States, and it's just like no, but this is awful. I mean, it's just like it couldn't be like this, and and I can't understand how it happens in. United States. Well, listen, actually. okay, let, let, let's move on to something good. Let's move on to, to sports. So, listen, the US Open qualies <laughs> are already underway and the main draws start next week. So, are there any Russians we should look out for that you, you think uh, are oh. worth uh, keeping an eye on? Yeah, but it's still, we still have the same names, like in our newcomers, like they're already not like real newcomers. It's Karen Hachanov and uh, Andrei Lugorublev and uh, Daniel Medvedev, still mm-hmm. the three guys who are like our hopes. Let's say like this, and uh, in the women's uh, draw, I think it's 
Victoria Makarova, who uh-huh. won Washington before, oh, of course, yeah, yeah. like the, the week before, yeah. So and uh, maybe I don't know Elena Vesnina. She is always unpredictable. She could play like perfect tournament, and then she could, she could be like <laughs> she could lose in first round. So I cannot say like I cannot say hundred percent, you know. Okay. But and listen, it's a good be, be, result. It could be like a surprise, and maybe I don't know Anastasia Polushenko, for example. Oh, good. She well, she also is just like. Can, can shine bright, you know, and then sometimes it doesn't work. Well, but, well listen, before you go, okay, because I know you're probably going off on a Sex in the City tour or something like that. So, uh, uh, okay, give us one winner for the men's and one winner for the ladies. Who would you reckon? Oh, well, um, I think I would say it's weird, but I would say Rafael Nadal. Okay, all right, good, good. <laughs> men's. And for women, I'm really hesitating. Because uh, now we don't have a real leader, and everyone is expecting probably something from Maria Sharapova, but I'm not sure for, about this. Okay. And um, I have maybe Muguruza. Okay. Well, I will try good. to say this name. Good. Oh, very, <laughs> very good. Exactly. Let's say like these two grand slams in a, in a pocket, so probably she can make the third one. Excellent. Listen, you go and have a nice rest of the day. Bring us back something nice from New York, and we'll see you next Wednesday, okay? Okay. Okay. Sure. Okay. Thanks, you, Katarina. Yeah. So, see you next week. See you next yeah, week. Bye oh, bye. Bye bye. So, that's you, Katarina. Um, bitch goes. She's over in New York City enjoying herself. And there with lots of stars running around in the, well, I, I said the Windy Apple, but it is the, the, uh, the big apple, or it's a big apple in New York. Yeah, <laughs> it is the big yeah, apple. Windy apple is a, is, a, is a line from The Simpsons. So, so, so we have our winner. Okay, but before we said the winner, there's a couple of people who text in, and I'm sorry you did, you guys didn't win. Barry, who's out at the VEB Arena, he's listening to us. Barry, I know it stopped raining, but just keep dry, and hopefully we'll see you on Saturday evening in at Locomotive. However, and also Kate Korchak. Hi, how are you doing? She, you didn't win, unfortunately. She, she said, like, you know, I'm listening. I really would have to win it, but I'm sorry. The person we picked was Ivan. Ivan said the answer was Brazil. Ivan, you are correct. We will be in contact with you to uh, set you up for Saturday night. You will come in. You'll see, well, you'll see me, sadly, but you'll see me in at the arena at the Capital Sports Show on Sunday or Saturday evening at 8 o'clock. We'll also meet Ari, the locomotive player, who'll be with us at around, uh, well, around 7.30 or so. And uh, so, for everybody, thank you so much for listening. Ollie, was it a good night tonight? It was a great night. And I mean, this was good. I know Julia's back in the studio with us, so she's preparing for the news as well. Julia, before I go, tell me, what's the weather like in Dublin right now? Um, actually, it's partly sunny, plus 18 degrees Celsius. Oh, yeah! Amazing. Let's all go, go to Ireland. Yeah, yeah, let's go to Ireland. Yeah, you're happy now. Let's <laughs> go to Ireland. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to say good night to you guys. I'm going to head out into the rain. Ollie's going out as well and, yes uh, but I will catch you tomorrow from 6 to 10 so make sure to tune in then or perfect. maybe before before that if you don't want to listen to me you want to <laughs> listen to someone else we'll just keep but, listening to Capital FM because I mean this is the yes. this is the number one source for news and music in Russia yeah we will see you next week and I'll see you tomorrow have a wonderful night bye Capital Sports with Alan Moore